0: I am the Pope in Questioned. My name is May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Edwood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode, I have no freaking idea, 442 of the podcast. And you know what that means? That means that there have been 441 episodes before this one. Don't check or do the math on that. This is an exciting episode of the podcast we're going to be talking about uh jordan peele elon musk medicinal meat and our movie this week is everything everywhere all at once and we're gonna it's 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 gonna get deep we're gonna get deep deep into it deep so uh yeah let's do this you just got me wet. You, 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 Eleanor, you. My um six-year-old has been doing their own makeup. This is more of a visual thing, which is funny because podcasting. You're a zombie? Yeah. Yeah, you you look really frightening.
1: I'm Frankenstein.
0: Oh, you're a Frankenstein zombie? That That's like saying I'm a mummy werewolf. I don't even know how a Frankenstein zombie would work. Like, you kill Frankenstein and then he comes back as a zombie. Would he be zombies? Because he is, like, parts of a different... Bees? No. uh, Yes. Zombies come back to life because bees go into their dead body and start moving them around like the bugs inside of Oogie Boogie.
1: Oogie Boogie.
0: Yeah. So uh, there you go. Fun fact: the more you know.
1: Do do do.
0: Okay. Move. Thank you. I have thought of this so many times. A aware rabbit. Would the were rabbit be ravenous for the food that rabbits eat, or would they be for brains? And if they are for brains, are they killing human brains? Or they are they eating other rabbits' brains? It it I, I have always thought about that. You know, what if what if uh it could a vampire ostensibly make his dog into a vampire. I think it could be possible to have a a vampire dog.
1: A dogpire. Yeah. Funny! Being a liberal is so
0: freaking exhausting. For reals, though. It's so exhausting fighting evil all the time, 24-7. I'm so tired. I wish I had money. I wish I had, like, a bunch of money so I could be one of those, uh, I could just be a Disney adult who only cares about one monolithic corporation above all else, you know? Like, gee, Washington, D.C. is on fire and democracy is in shambles as our once great free nation slowly slides into a nightmarish, violent Third World Banana Republic hellscape, but who cares because I'm in line to meet Clarabelle Cow! And I just bought a churro! Like, oh, I don't really pay attention to politics. That's privilege because they haven't come for you yet. So it's very exhausting exasperating and people make fun of disney adults because oh look at these adults all they care about is one corporation that's stupid anyway i'm gonna put on my new york jets hat my new york jets shirt my new york jets jacket and go talk to my friends about the new york jets like that's kind of sort of the same thing it's just a different corporation you know but it's but it's kind of sort of the same thing. Uh, being a democrat means fighting a never-ending fight against evil and idiots with guns and having your guard up Yeah. That's another big part of it. Like Republicans are like, Democrats stole this election. So much fraud on a massive scale. And it's like, OK, you're forgetting something in order for Democrats to steal the election. They'd have to be good at something. So you're giving us way too much credit. It's like that one episode of The Simpsons where they're like, oh, Homer. He is a mastermind in negotiations. No, he's just an idiot. Yeah. There are real reasons to hate the Democratic Party (laughs) without making up a bizarre fiction where Tom Hanks is like, huh, remember when I was in uh, the Burbs? That was amazing. Uh, Hey, honey, can you go to the fridge and get me a baby? He's going to bite into that thing like a crisp uh, uh, apple, like a crisp red apple.
1: Yeah, two straws, two straws
0: for the babies. Uh, So, like, being a Democrat, being a liberal, you've got to have your guard up constantly, and it can be really draining, and, and I should know because I'm a pansexual trans Latina Democrat living in the freaking Bible Belt. I'm lucky to be alive right now. You know? Yeah, so now a new midterm election just went down and um, I'm kind of mixed feelings about it because on one hand, like, okay, I understand this is a success for Democrats because the party in power always loses during the midterms. And this time things are pretty much going to be the same or uh, Democrats are going to be slightly ahead and so that's good and that's a positive thing and you see all these people yes young people young people came out in full force and saved us and it's like oh yeah and also Latinos voted in record numbers yes young people really helped us young people and women came out in full force and Latinos voted uh, more in a midterm than they ever had yes women young people are heroes and it's like, okay, not even going to mention blacks. Just, yep, young, young whites and women. That's it. They saved everything. But it's like enough trans-hating, violent election deniers won that me as a pansexual, trans-democratic, left-wing trash Latina Uh, enough election-denying transphobes won that I'm still... A lot of trans people woke up the day after the the election, and it's like, okay, it's good news for a lot of people, but it still sucks for us. The only... Trans people right now are just, uh, hey, the election's gone, and a lot of times, Republicans stop their BS. So, So a lot of trans people are just like, Please stop giving a crap about us. Yeah. Because you do do that, you know? That does happen. Like, oh, look at that. It's after the election. Suddenly, the caravan of migrants isn't a problem anymore.
2: No. No.
0: So, yeah, it's still pretty bad for trans people in America and... uh, there's a bunch there's still a bunch of angry armed nutzos wandering our streets with assault rep- weapons and tiny dicks looking to start a war. And so this is an introduction to the monologue, which way this way. That's that's where the sign is. OK, this yeah. is an introduction about American politics, which sets up the real monologue, which is. I just don't want to talk about politics. I'm just so tired. I don't want to talk about politics and the midterms and how our entire nation is a failed capitalist state. I'm just tired. Let's just drop the politics and talk about anything else.
3: It's, well, first, it's hard not to talk about politics, but it's also hard to take politics seriously. Like, you can't beat Herschel Walker, really? Yeah, you, you can't. You you just can't pull out a victory. The man has clearly hit his head way, way
0: too many times. The problem you're not I able a- to win here. I have a big problem with Herschel Walker because he is absolutely out of his mind, and he is incredibly ignorant and he knows nothing about politics, and he's just basically like a parrot that the right has just randomly chosen. But at the same time, a lot of people's attacks on him, I'm like on the edge of my seat, like, oh man, this guy's an idiot. He's probably, maybe he got hit in the head too much, and I'm like, he's a former football player. You're getting into some uncomfortable territory here. We can make fun of Herschel Walker without um, making fun of people with legitimate brain trauma. And they're like, oh, man, this this guy's totally an idiot. He can barely speak. And I'm like, oh, he's also black. You're sounding kind of offensive. Somebody with serious brain trauma should
3: not be running for political office because they have brain
0: trauma. Yeah, this is the pr- this is what Trump hath wrought on the Republican Party, because I heard someone on some TV show mention this that like it, it, Democrats were trying to solve problems, Republicans is like a angertainment, mm-hmm. where now a. The majority of the Republican Party has realized that in order to win votes and curry the favor of Republican voters and stay in power, they've got to be an a hole and do a good Trump impression. And you just see these people just fawning over backwards. It's like the four years after Pulp Fiction came out. Okay. And suddenly here are all these movies. Oh, look at this. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. We know what movie you're trying to be. Suddenly all of these politicians are trying to be Trump like uh, like uh, Suicide Kings and Destiny Turns on the Radio. Yes. And it's just sad to see all of these politicians that are just like, okay. Like, uh, politicians realize that they just need to be angry and kind of racist and dicks because that's what Republicans want, and it's kind of sad. And, you know, hopefully with these midterms that the red wave didn't happen, that, okay, maybe, here's just a thought, Republicans can actually find politicians that are good and have issues, but... Who effing knows at this point? It, 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 we, we are in a world where a civil war could break out at any second. And it's weird because I've talked about this before on the podcast. God, yeah. I have mentioned this before, but it, it there is a good chance that like, if you told me, oh, tomorrow a civil war is going to break out, I'd be like, yeah, yep, par for the course. Not surprised at all
1: period yeah. mm-hmm.
0: so I just wanna let's talk about weird owl bunny weird owl fucking weird owl that, that, awesome. that movie made me legitimately cry that movie made me legitimately cry weird the Al Yankovic story because when I was a kid my my older brother Such a d bag to me. He was all like, "Oh, I'm listening to Judas Priest. I'm listening to heavy metal. Oh, I'm into Metallica. No one's into Metallica now in the '80s." Yeah, and and it's like, "Oh, what music do you like? What music do you like?" And I'm like, "I like Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic. They're lame." They'll never be as cool as Megadeth, who will be around ha- making hits forever. And it's just fascinating to think that, like, the first album I bought was Weird Al in three D when I was like in fourth grade, and now here I am, a very, 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 very early forties, yes, person. Watching the weird Al Yankovic movie with his kids, yes. you know? that's fascinating to me. and it it moved me. It moved me because it's like, wow, look at the look at the 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 history of this man. Look at the fake history of this man. and and I was worried when I saw the previews, the first previews for Weird the Al Yankovic story because it's like, on one hand, this just looks like walk hard. On the other hand, I effing love Rock ho- uh, Walk Hard. Yeah. So that'd be a good double feature. Walk Hard and Weird. It totally would. Or Elvis and Weird. I think that would also be an equally fun.
3: And, and many write-ups and things like that that I saw gave
0: Walk Hard its just do Good. Because that bombed in the box office. And that was a damn shame because that movie is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Oh, but I love that movie. I love that movie so much. Weird, the Al Yankovic story. And I'm going to mention this later in the podcast when we get to this week's movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. But I love the movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it also has been pissing me off all year because there are movies that could ostensibly be my favorite movie of the year if it wasn't for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. That like, oh, Weird Al Yankovic could be in the top two if it wasn't for everything, everywhere, all at once. So Weird Al Yankovic has to get pushed down a little bit. Yes. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Really? It's an A24 film that's PG, that's for kids, it is adorable and lovely, and I love it, and I want to hold it until it falls asleep in my arms. It is adorable
3: see th- and this is what i this is what I find interesting i'm gonna go light on the interest, but like like we have this huge ass juggernaut Disney mm-hmm. you know that is basically absorbing anything. I mean, Sony with Spider-Man, what the fuck are they but Disney Junior? You know? <laughs> Disney Junior. And and Where the Warner games? is going to try to catch up by doing the same thing that Disney does. Although I read a, a, an interesting uh oh. Release from Warner where Warner was like, Okay, well, there's Marvel, but then we have DC, but we have games and we have everything else, and they listed just a whole bunch of things that Warner has its hands in. And they're like, We're okay. (laughs) You know? But You know what But see but see here's the thing everybody bitches about Disney, but A twenty four proves that you can still find a niche. Yeah. You can yeah. still find and, and fucking thank god cuz like I mean I love the Marvel movies but you do need some kind of alternative entertainment sometimes. Yeah. You know, so and you could, A24 you could, is right there with weird shit.
0: Yeah. It and it, it's also it's it's weird. It's so much weird shit that it's a good like uh like a palette cleanser. So it's like, oh, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And then I watched Infinity War. And then I watched Endgame. And it's like, whew, I'm exhausted. Well, put on the Lighthouse. Yes. Clear that palette right off. The fascinating thing about Warner Brothers is that uh now uh James Gunn is the is one of the Kevin Feige's who will be in charge of the DC cinematic universe. And and what people aren't mentioning, I haven't seen this on any websites or anybody talking, but like holy shit, they give they gave the reins to the entire DC universe cinematic universe to the guy who made Brightburn. Yes. Yes. That is freaking fascinating. And it, it oh my god, like like James Gunn made a violent, gory Superman parody and DC and Warner Brothers said give that man all of our characters. (laughs) It's like, wow, okay. It's like, if they didn't get James Gunn, they would have got the guy who created Supernatural and then went on to do The Boys. Yes. Eric Kripke. How do I know that? It has to be because of my wife and her obsession with supernatural. Anywho. Uh Where what were we talking about? Weird Al. I love that freaking movie. I'm trying to force everybody to watch it in yeah. the house. Yeah. It is so good. I'm surprised because someone like I was watching it the the morning it came out. I, I watched it. And someone said, Hey, is it is it good for my kids? I've got like my my 6 year old, my 5 year old here. Is it okay for kids? And I'm like There's a lot of drugs and drinking and a surprising amount of people are killed by Weird Al Yankovic. Yes. Including a very gory scene with some c- CDs. Yes. So I it's weird cuz this is a biography of Weird Al Yankovic, but I'm not sure. If it is okay for your five year old to watch, that's kind of a toss up that was surprising to me but
3: i i I'm like proud of the roku channel, yes, like the fucking roku channel i am you know? i am proud of the roku channel you know you have you have Apple plus getting in there. And it's getting its feet wet with new content and things like that. And, you know, Amazon has been doing it for a while with Amazon Prime and its original content and and, and all that. And Roku, with its debut, just knocks it so far out of the (laughs) fucking park.
0: Yeah. And this is like their first original movie. It's freaking great. Yeah. It is so good. It's so surprising. So surprising good for you Roku. You yeah, know what I like it's kind of funny cuz like well well
3: cuz I have always been a Roku enthusiast. Uh
0: there was a moment where I was like, "Huh, maybe I should it... has Bunny does I wonder if 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 I should send Bunny a copy of the mo- Oh, it's a Roku film. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. He's got access.
3: So, right, and, and I'm all set up and I'm like, so I just go over to the Roku channel and there it is. I'm like holy shit. And I watch the movie and then I'm like uh, well, you know, I'm like never on the Roku channel. Let's get a look around and see what else they have. They have shit! <laughs> yeah. They have like nothing. Yeah, You know, they have, like, flipping outhouses. You know, like, we're going to redo this outhouse and flip it for a lot of money. You know, things like that. Yeah. The Roku Channel, except for this amazing, amazing Weird Al movie, the Roku Channel, it is SCTV.
1: (laughs) SCTV.
3: The Roku channel would know where the Chicory Dump is.
0: I remember when I was a kid growing up, radio stations would just play. In Phoenix, Arizona, it would be a regular occurrence for some random radio station in 1987 to just play Bob and Doug McKenzie's 12 Days of Christmas. Oh, God. Or uh, Cheech and Chong, Santa Claus and his old lady. You won't hear that on the radio anymore. No. But back in the day, you would. I am so upset that here I am in my very, 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 very early 40s, and yet I am still hearing Grandma got run over by a reindeer. I thought for sure. I'm gonna grow up and that's gonna disappear, like the music of Ray Stevens. Well, you don't like you don't hear the streak anymore, but dang it! Grandma got run over by a reindeer, is still out there.
3: That's that's how I felt about Madonna.
2: <laughs>
3: Madonna. I I still think she's just a flash in the pan. Yeah. She's just taking a really, <clears throat> really, really long time to flash.
0: That's all. Here's a, That's not here's on a, me.
3: That's on her. It's all her fault.
0: Here's something that I thought up when you were talking about uh, the Roku channel. This will be the second holiday season in which no Charlie Brown holiday specials will air on regular TV. I am upset about this. I am hurt about this. And I say so now if you want to watch a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, a Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. You have to. Thank you. You have to go on Apple TV, and I just think you know it'd be really funny. Hey, Tubi, go buy Rudolph. Yeah. You know what other what other classic specials can be bought by other streaming services? Oh, look at this. Um, uh, hey, hey, Pluto TV, maybe you can buy the rights to the Garfield Halloween special, yes, yes, or yeah. something like that. Funny, I I was talking with my uh lovely uh wife the other day. We both went to Target and we were super high, and it was so much fun. Remember when TVs were thick, boys, thick. Remember, yeah, remember when TVs were thick boys? Oh, every God. TV looked like freaking uh, King Kong Bundy. Now every TV looks like a uh, Timothy Chalamet.
3: And and a, and a typical and a typical twenty-five inch television, which is relatively small now. Those were the big televisions. Yeah, because that was the biggest you could build a television and still be able to lift. Yeah.
0: And And that
3: fucker had to be close to a 100 pounds.
0: Yeah, they were heavy. They were huge. I like my ladies the same way I like my TVs. Damn it, Hard to carry and covered in lines. And little knobs you can play with.
1: You know what's... Oh,
0: 10-minute warning. Look at that. Yes. Uh... It's crazy to think that uh, my kids don't know who Gilligan is. They don't. Where are they going to see Gilligan's Island? It's just fascinating to me. And my kids, like, 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 I oh hey look at me I'm in the kitchen I'm making dinner and I'm cook I'm browning up some meat and I've got my nicest dress on. And I've got an apron on. Look at me, all Donna Reed. My kids don't fucking know what that is.
3: Well, I, I'm really kind of fascinated by that whole topic, by a lot of yeah, you know, a lot of things like it. Like we we would say "ching," and we all know what that <laughs> means. Yeah, we all know what that means. We all know what that that's about. When the fuck is the last time a cash register ever actually made the ka-ching sound?
0: Yeah. Like,
3: even like, when I was a kid, they went, a, like, I might be the last person who actually heard it, but like, yeah. even when I was a kid, they went electronic and they started beeping.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's funny. You should mention that. Cause I, I, I had a job interview, uh, a a few days ago, and it went so well that when I came into the house, I immediately went like, "Oh!" and and did like an X chop yes. near my genital area, like I'm a member of DX. Yes, and it's like, wow, that's 1999. That would that's like something that people would would understand from fucking 23 years ago. It's just fascinating to me. They're like, dang, my kids don't know that. Yeah, let alone know who the Fonz is. No. Fascinating that, like, like, there. When I grew up, like, born in the late seventies, raised in the eighties, became a teenager in the nineties, drinking in the two thousands. Like Gilligan's Island was just everywhere. It was on all the time, everywhere. And I've been thinking about Gilligan's Island a lot lately. I think I mentioned it a few episodes back. It was only on for three seasons! Yeah. Less than 100 episodes! How was it everywhere? It was all over the time on TV. I, I, I'm i blown away by this. I'm blown away by this. Remember that Wrong Way pilot? What was his name? Wrong Way. Was, was he Rongo Star or was that F Troop? I think that was F Troop. Uh... Wrong way, something, and it was like this old guy, and he was a pilot, and he got marooned in Gilligan's Island, and oh, and the Headhunters. Yeah, I was always excited when there was a Headhunters episode. Uh it played nonstop for like three decades, and now I don't even know where I could find Gilligan's Island anywhere.
4: Uh, I'm
0: pretty sure at the bargain bin at Walmart. At the bargain bin at Walmart. So, Bonnie, I saw Black Panther two just a few days oh, ago. You did. It was quite surprising. Let me tell you about it. So Val Kilmer is now a commander in the Army, and he keeps saving Tom Cruise's career. Yeah. and so he desto- he's a test pilot now he destroys this ship and they want to get rid of him. But yeah. Iceman yeah. is all like, "No, I'm going to send you to a base in San Diego and oh, who's here? Oh, the son of Tom Cruise's dead pilot. Oh, drama. But that's conflict. only
3: because he's got to save the little baby fairy
0: princess. Yeah, and Jennifer Connelly is with in the movie his best friend, the Peck. Yeah, the Peck. I can't believe that Willow is coming back.
3: I know. I'm. I'm going to watch it just out of curiosity. That that is
0: fascinating to me. Jennifer Connelly is in is the love interest in Black Panther two. They got her instead of Kelly McGillis. Yeah. And let me tell you why they didn't get Kelly McGillis. As a proud woman, she has aged naturally, unlike Tom Freaking Cruz. Yes. Who is 60 years old and yet still looks like a 29 year old impish elf. Okay, but see, but see, that would still work. Because she looked older than him back then. That is a good point. That is a good point. It did kind of look like And that
1: was
3: doo, yeah, a little that was bit. It was like one of the major problems I had with the original
0: movie. It was like what the fuck are you doing with this rippy little ass kid? Yeah. And also, Wikipedia says that Top Gun Maverick is the second installment of the Top Gun film series. Bitch, there's two movies. I don't know if I would automatically start saying it's like the saw franchise yeah i saw this youtube video the other day and it's this exasperated woman in the thumbnail like and the title says i watched every jordan peele film which there's three yeah there are three that's that's like me saying oh I watched every film Tom Green wrote. Yeah, you just watched Freddy Got Fingered. I, I have not been able to get through
3: Nope yet. I have, I have tried. I keep think... fallen asleep. I find it really pretty fascinating and a lot of fascinating ideas in it. But I start watching it and it's like...
0: It's on my top ten and I absolutely love it but I can see why people have a problem with it. The thing is, is that Jordan Peele did Get Out, and it is a wonderful horror movie, and then his follow-up, Us, is also a very good horror movie, and I love Us even more than I like Get Out. I love Us, especially since it's set, a a lot of it is set at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, which I have gone to a number of times, and it's exciting to watch a horror movie. Like, I'm never going to go to, like, the Midsomar location, yeah. but I have been to where Us is. So then, you know, the marketing people said, Jordan Peele, the master of horror, brings us his latest chiller. That's not a horror. Nope, is not a horror movie. It's a science fiction film yeah. about two people who will do anything for fame including put a bunch of people's lives in danger i freaking love the movie but also i can see why a lot of people came out of that like oh that isn't what i thought it was going to be and i'm like yeah this is basically like jordan peele's attempt to make like a an interesting black-led war of the worlds type of film And I really like it and I appreciate it, but it's not scary. It's not a horror movie. Like they all said it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I I find the
3: whole chimp going berserk. This is the beginning of the movie, so this ain't spoiling anything. Nope. The chimp going berserk during the situation comedy. Fascinating.
0: Yes. And the whole scene where the kid's under the table. Oh, love that. I love that guy from uh, Walking Dead, and Blaine, I think you yeah. should leave with Tim Robinson, Stephen Hune. I love him in that movie. He is—he blew me away in that movie. Like, oh, yeah. Stephen Hune's in this movie, but he, oh, you did a great job, man. Nope, has Stephen Hune from I think you should from I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Bodies, 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 which is a really good horror movie, uh, has uh, the guy who owns the who is scamming adults into thinking they're superstars and I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. And uh this week's movie everything everywhere all at once has Santa Claus from Two Skips and I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. It's an I think you should leave year. Uh-huh. is what I'm saying. It's sweeping it's sweeping every part of Hollywood. Oh, and that movie with uh with a uh, uh, What's her name from Speed? Why am I automatically going to the movie Speed? For her. Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock. Uh, she did that movie, The Lost City. Uh, Patty Harrison was in that. Oh,
3: The Lost Probably City was leave. fucking horrible. It Horrible.
0: There, the end credit scene made absolutely no sense. But, I didn't okay. make
3: it to the end credit scene.
0: Yeah, it... Yeah. But anyway, we're about to be cut off from Zoom, so we're going to take a short break. This has been a, this was a very fun uh, and easy uh, podcast. I like just winging it. I like winging the monologue. Uh, we're going to take a short break and come back with Steve's historical approximations. We are going to be talking about medicinal meat. Okay.
4: I think social security should be uh, privatized. You can't go to a supermarket without being accosted by a homeless guy. Democrats and liberals attack
1: viciously. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I will take over! store time! Not if I have anything to say about it, Skeletor! We will fight to the death! Or, gentlemen, may I suggest a second option? What if we all enjoy the great taste of Sugar Crisp? Can't get enough of that sugar crisp, sugar
1: crisp, sugar crisp. And we're
3: back with more of the Pope on
0: Film. Funny, Yes? If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, the Pope on Film. It is really taking off. Last week's episode of the Pope on Film podcast, and I say last week when in fact we're doing the show every other week, but I, I still think I still say last week, oh, next week we'll be doing this film, but it's not next week, it's two weeks from now. But you understand what I'm saying. I still like to think last week, as in the last episode of the podcast that we did, which is two weeks ago, but I'm not going to say that every time. So I just say last week and next week we're going to do this. You understand. Uh, Our podcast is taking the nation by storm. In fact, last week's episode of the Pope on Film podcast has managed to rake in 82.3 82.3 thousand views on YouTube which is absolutely fascinating I mean sure YouTube says it only has five views but hey that's the liberal elite for you that's right they know that we uh, Bunny and Malin are true patriots and what are they trying to do? They're s- trying to silence us. They're trying to silence true Shadow patriots band. Like like uh, right down here, it says, Oh, how many people are watching right now on Twitch? three, yeah, that's just Google and George Soros and uh the so- so many people blame things on the jews let's just let's just pick a different let's just pick um the Belgian the Belgians. Who are in cahoots with the lizard people and the reverse vampires, and they're fudging our numbers. They're fudging our numbers. I think that we should all just start Mike Lindelling everything. You know, We're going let's to just sue all
1: machines.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Because cause, cause uh, we love the Jews on this channel, and it's like, it, it, so many horrible people just automatically blame the Jews for everything. Oh, I woke up with a hangover after drinking those 20 beers. Obviously, you know, Jewish person must have put something in my drink.
4: Why aren't we blaming the Swedish?
0: The Swede? I'm up to here with the Swiss! I've had it with the Swiss! Oh, that's great. Um, but only the Just real be hardcore careful or will lose our Adidas contract Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but only the real hardcore fans who have been with us since the beginning would know uh, two facts about us, two undeniable, really real, and in no way made up on-the-spot facts about the both of us: America's hottest, will they or won't they, <coughs> Sam and Diane couple, Bunny and Malin. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you are not recording the podcast, you run a school for gifted youngsters. Yes. And in said school, it is rumored that everyone has power. So tell us, Professor Bunny, uh, wh- what is your superpower? What is my
3: superpower? Interesting. People don't usually start with that. Uh I have the ability to bullshit to a level where confusion sets in and and then
0: I could just nut punch you. Wait, what sets in? What did you say? I know I didn't hear what he said. I'm so confused by what he just said. I'm so confused. Oh my
1: nuts! Ooh.
0: Thankfully, they're smaller because of the estrogen, but they still hurt when you punch them. Well, I mean, why don't you tell us about some of your prized students at your school for gifted youngsters? Uh, I
3: have, uh, I have, I have quartz. Uh, quartz. He is. He can transform into a cro- into a quartz crystal statue okay? okay so pure hard quartz crystal uh so it,
0: and his brother
3: make cubic
0: him, zircona
3: it could make him a very formidable fighter but he's in the position of a statue he he can't he can't move from that position So there's some downsides. There are some downsides. Uh, We ain't no Avengers. Uh, I have a, a, a woman on our team who can transform into a gerbil.
0: Nice. Nice.
3: She can also communicate and command other gerbils but they're all locked in cages and kind of useless. I mean, you know yeah. they run on the wheel, that's about it. Uh it's it's a I there is a guy who has an uncanny knack of picking your card. Nice. Nice. You know. So so it makes a nice little distraction in a fight. He'll just run up to a bad guy and say, is this your card? And yeah. goddammit, it it was. And then that's you're, when I can
0: nut punch them. You're not... You, you're no Avengers, but you might be the Great Lakes Avengers. Okay. Yes. Which included Maybe. Squirrel Girl. You're no Avengers. You could be Defenders. Yes especially Netflix Defenders. We also have Funhouse. Funhouse?
3: Funhouse. Funhouse is able to transform into any image you may see in a Funhouse mirror.
0: Nice. Okay. Okay. Remember the Metal Men? Is that what they were called? The Metal Men? They, I think they were DC mal was telling me earlier that uh so they're watching through gotham yeah and it's fascinating because like they don't they don't have the encyclopedic knowledge of obscure comic book characters like say you and i so they're watching the show and they're like huh that guy that character has a weird name (laughs) I've never heard of anyone named Solomon Grundy. I'll just go ahead and Google that and... Whoa! One-way ticket to Spoiler Town. Yeah. I find that fascinating. Because it's like, yeah, you don't know DC Comics, so if suddenly a woman with black hair called Zantana shows up, like, you're not going to know. Yeah. You're not going to know that. If it was, like, a DC comic... If it was like a Marvel show and someone showed up and his name is Eddie Brock, like, okay, then you'll probably know a bit more, but DC, man, it, that's what happens when you have a comic book company that started out in fucking the 1400s. Yeah. Or something like that, like, crazy old characters. And the (laughs) second fact (laughs) that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it. But I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this part of the show Right here is I like to get a story from the history books and maybe one that people don't know too well and reword it via my own unique storytelling razzmatazz. pizzazz rasma pizzazz. Ooh, Ooh, I just came up with that, and that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of
1: Steve's historic approximations.
0: den den den. Ooh, the edibles have kicked in, or Shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Now, personally, I like th- I like the name Shap. It's cute and catchy, like me. Now, to be fair, Steve is my dad' name. I have been transitioning since June. I am May Lin now, but Shap is just catchy AF. I can't help that. Oh, it's just I'm sticking with 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 the good stuff. Chap, it's perfect. It it's it's a stamp. Like, what are the alternatives? May Lin's historic approximations, Millhap. That sounds too much like Millhouse, and he's the worst Simpsons character. Yes. Him and Otto. Like Otto. they can't they can't carry a whole episode. No. Okay. So um uh anywho, uh just to let you know, bunny. Later, near more of the the end of this chap, I will be doing a musical number. Okay, okay. so I will be singing a song later in this chap. So be sure and stay tuned. Not a dry eye in the house because I'll be spitting a lot during the song. Uh, So just be prepared for that. Anywho. This week on the Old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be talking about an old-timey doctor whose wise words truly touch my heart. This is a doctor after my own heart, and I want him to be my doctor please, pretty please with sugar on top. Now, I will spend most of this shap not mentioning the man's last name. Because the last name is a big-time spoiler, big-time bigly. Remember that? Bigly. So, we will be calling this gentleman James H. James H., last name redacted. which I believe that's a Korean name, last name redacted. Uh, For the time being, that's what we're going to call him. Okay, Bonnie? Okay. Okay. But trust me, the big reveal of his name, ah, gonna be huge it's gonna be bigly huge it's gonna be epic so james h he was born in 1823 in a small town called scott new york population two mules and a guy named butch he, he, it, there's only about a thousand a little over a thousand people who currently live in scott new york small ass town but if you're visiting scott new york be sure and visit their lake whose name i can't pronounce Scaniad, S sca- Scan S K A N E A T E L E S. How in the heck? I even looked it up on Wikipedia, but I don't remember what I wrote. S- S- Scanetales, scan. It's one of the finger. It's one of the Finger Lakes. Okay. It's one of the Finger Lakes, Rainbow Trout, and Bluegill populate the lake. Also, while visiting Scott, New York, be sure and visit the Old Grout Mill. It's one mile west of Scott Village. Tell them the Pope on Film says hi. You think you, you think there's a, a sponsorship opportunity here, Bunny? Possibly. 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 I, I, I am interested. I mean, we could be the official podcast of Scott, New York. I kind of want to... I keep I, I wrote every time I wrote Scott New York in my notes. This is the least writing I've ever done. I, there's a lot of ad libbing in this episode and I love it. Uh, I every time I wrote Scott New York, I wrote it all in caps and Super bold because I keep wanting to call it Scott's New York. Yeah, but it's not Scott's. It's Scott. Scott, New York. But anyway, we could but be the official... But knowing uh, that part of New York, it's
3: probably also known as Todd.
1: Uh, yeah.
3: For some uh, reason, for some reason, in your more upstate regions of New York, if your name is is Scott, you go by Todd. If your name is Todd, weird, really? you go by Scott. It's fucked up. I don't get those people.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I get that. So, James H., born in Scott, New York, well-off family. He went to school at a real hoity-toity private university in Troy, New York. Mal, can you do me a favor? Son of mine. Can you figure out where the word hoity-toity came from? I wanted to figure, I wanted to Google it like two days ago when I wrote this chat, but then I totally forgot and I'm worried that I'm going to forget. If you don't want to look it up, at least remind me after the podcast. Okay. To to find out where the heck hoity-toity came from. So uh, James H. went to a real hoity-toity private university in Troy, New York. We could just just look it up right now, can't we? Well, I've got a... This is a big shack. Yeah. And I keep getting distracted with ad libs, and I keep getting distracted because I am on edibles. So, uh, forge ahead then. Yeah, it's probably best to forge ahead. And if you're in Troy, New York in the fall, be sure to visit downtown Troy and take part in the annual Troy Chowder Fest with vendors, a craft fair, of course, some yummy chowder. And hey, there's going to be a magic show for the kiddos. Again, sponsorship Troy, New York. Give us a call. We are ready to be the official podcast of Troy, New York. I was wondering if uh, how I could figure out uh, more about Troy, New York. That's why I tuned in to Skillshare, the online. Maybe we can get Skillshare, too. I'm hungry. You know what I'm going to do during the break? Have some delicious magic spoon cereal. Give us a call. (laughs) Okay, so our boy James H. James H, last name redacted. He gets a degree. He becomes a chemist. A chemist. Because I believe that letters shouldn't be silent. All letters matter. All letters matter. Not just the vowels. Oh, vowels matter? What about all letters? So... Uh, James H. became a chemist. Then he goes to Albany Medical College in 1850, and he gets a doctorate. A doctorate and a big-ass beer. If you said that James H. was in Mumford & Sons, I-, I wouldn't fight you. So now he's Dr. James H., last name redacted. And let me tell you, Bunny, James H., last name redacted. My favorite freaking doctor hands down this guy and Dr. Doom I've always been a Dr. Doom fan yes in no way a spoiler Black Panther 2 blackier Panthers Black Panther 2 even more Panthers Black Panther into the Pantherverse Black Panther multiverse of Panthers no Dr. Doom yet okay There was a rumor that, like, oh, Dr. Doom might appear in... No, he's not there. I'm waiting. I'm really upset because there is one actor who I have always seen as Dr. Doom. And, uh, unfortunately, Gilbert Gottfried died, so I don't know who they're going to get. Maybe Stephen Wright. Stephen (laughs) Wright? Stephen Wright. Hello, Fantastic Four. I've come to defeat you. You know? That would be fun. Okay. So, yeah, so... What's Richard we, Lewis been doing? <laughs> Richard Lewis? Well, we can't get Fred Travelina. He died in 2009.
3: That is sad. I that and record. I was a big I was a big Fred Travelina fan. I was, I was. I remember their show that they he had was, for a while yeah, called Copycat's.
0: Yes, yes, uh-huh. he was. He was a. Uh, he was like the uh, Charles Nelson Riley of his time. He appeared on a lot of different talk shows and and whatever he, he would just appear, you know.
3: Well, copycats had a few different impersonators: Fred Travelina, uh, Frank Gorshin. Frank Gorshin Ooh. used to do a lot of impersonations. Nice. There was a a. A female whose face I could picture, but I haven't thought of her name in like 50 fucking years. She used to do like Barbara Streisand. Yeah. And. Yeah. So, Fred Travelina, what'd that have to do with anything? I don't know. Oh,
0: uh. Dr. Doom, it would be Dr. Doom is my number one doctor, uh. and then Dr. James H. would be a very close second. Let me tell you why. Here's the meat of the shaft, Bunny. Here's the meat of the story. Remember I said that it'll be funny later. So it's a, the 1850s, and our boy James H. got a doctorate. Now he's a doctor. He's considered a pioneer in all of the websites and the Wikipedias and the, the books that I that I researched this. Okay. Because He's considered a pioneer because at the time he was one of the first real prominent people saying like, what if, hear me out, I know it's the 1850s, what if our health is tied to our diet? And because it's the 1850s, people are like, oh, poppycock, hogwash, poppywash, and hogcock. Every doctor knows that digestive pain occurs when people don't pray enough. Now <laughs> get out the leeches! And, and when I wrote that, I put a little mark, a little star after, now get out the leeches, because I'm thinking, catchphrase potential. Yes. You know, I can already see the shirt. Yes. I can already see it. And it's the bad drawing of me, still as a man, and then a, and then the drawing of you, and then in, and it's the both of us yelling. Now get out the leeches! It's just an idea, uh, because this was way back when medical medical health was all like, we have discovered an exciting new pain medication. It's right here, and it's called whiskey. Now get out the leeches, because if it's a catchphrase, you got to say it a couple of times. Yes. So I am going to be peppering it through this shaft. But you know, Dr. James H., last name redacted, was one of the first people in America to tie health with diet. And for that, he's applauded. However, he was just a tad off with his theories. Yeah. Regarding digestive health. So cut to, it's the 1860s, and the Civil War is going on. How can I... The best set the stage for the Civil War. I know. I will sing you a song. Two brothers on their way. Two brothers on their way. Two brothers on their way. One war blue and
1: one war gray.
0: One more blue and one more gray as they marched along their way. Mal just realized I've been singing it to them this whole time. <laughs> the fife and drum began to play all on a beautiful morning. <clears throat> that's from that's from the introduction to great moments with Mr. Lincoln at Disneyland. One was gentle, one was kind. One was gentle, one was kind. One came home, one stayed behind. A cannonball don't
2: pay no mind.
0: It It's a tearjerker for a Disney ride. Yeah. You're at Disneyland. Let me get a churro. And then we'll go in here. I wonder, this is probably going to be fun, and my four-year-old's going to love it. A cannonball don't pay no mind If you're gentle or if you're kind It don't think of the folks behind All on a beautiful morning Big
1: finish. All on a
0: beautiful morning.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. That was from the beginning of great moments with Mr. Lincoln at Disneyland. A cannonball. A cannonball
3: also doesn't mind that you believe that you can own other people as property <laughs> yeah
0: you know yeah, yeah. cannonball, cannonball don't mind is, that either. is just a dick tom and i we would go to disneyland all the time he it, it, tom uh a friend of mine totally straight he'd be like hey person who i spend all of my time with uh How about we go to Disneyland this weekend? I'll pay for everything. I'll get you up. I'll do all of the driving. I'll take you over there to Disneyland. We'll spend the day together. I'll buy you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Hey, maybe I don't want to drive all the way home, so I'll just buy a hotel room, and then we can just uh, be in the hotel room and and cuddle, and uh, I'm straight. (laughs) We were just two really good friends who spent all of uh, six years together. Yeah. And cuddled and showered together, and sometimes made out, but, hey, that's just what two straight dudes do! <laughs> we would go to Disney <laughs> So we would go to Disneyland all the time, and we would always be like, "Oh man, we let's just run really quick to 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 yeah. most the most important ride. and we would run to great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Oh shit, I hope there's not a line." <laughs> it's funny so it, it got to the point where we would be able to sing along to the song two brothers we we would sing along like like we're at rocky horror and we're watching and the time warp just came on you know yeah. it's like those people who stand up in salute in a, at an amc theater every time nicole kidman starts on her bullshit Hey, honey, did you hear any of my beautiful song? It was a great song. I nailed it. I, I, I believe that you did because you
4: were so beautiful singing. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Also, it is a woman singing the song Two Brothers. I don't think that song is still at because I haven't been to Disneyland in so long ever since it became a paradise for the rich elite. Like back in the day, you could just take a road trip to Disneyland and buy a ticket for like $30 and then spend the day there. But now it's it's freaking impossible, you know? Yeah. People can't my, afford it. I was
4: talking to a supervisor about that. She's yeah. taking her six year old, her only child, to Disney World because she's like all in princesses and all that right now. And she yeah. really wants to give her that experience. Yeah. And so she knows somebody who goes to Disneyland and Disney World all the time. And she told her about the, uh, discount resorts or the whatever budget resorts, yeah, and stuff. And so he's like, Yeah, I mean, we're not gonna be in the hotel room I was Exactly, yeah, <laughs> I understand that completely. Uh huh. I, yeah. at, it at a little pod hotel,
0: yeah. When we, we went to Disneyland, eight, like we went to a place where freaking you could get shot, but it didn't matter because it's like we won't, we'll be there for this much time. You
4: can't get shot if you're not there, yeah. <laughs> hey. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: You know one thing that you don't hear a lot about when it comes to the Civil War is the food situation. Food was scarce. Yeah. Food was so scarce during the Civil War that people were like, well, gentlemen, we successfully fought off the South. We, the good guys, are indeed victorious, having driven the Southerners out of this Northern town. But... We haven't eaten since Tuesday. Burn this city to the ground until we have our food. So now get out the leeches, because we—a catchphrase—you gotta say it over and over again it, uh, until it really catches, until it really takes off. You know? Yes. Um. It. it let's. How about this? How about this, Bunny? How about this? Now, get out the leeches, church organists! Oh! Add a little bit of back history to it. That's that's a great catchphrase. Yes. Yeah. So, food was scarce as the Civil War went on, and the food they did have was getting people sick. The biggest killer in the Civil War was starvation and dysentery. So in comes our boy, our hero, The chemist-dietician Dr. James H. Last name redacted. He says, ha! I am going to solve the food problem for the troops.
1: For the band? For the band?
0: So he goes to his lab. It's real impressive. Just like one of those mad scientist movies. It has test tubes, beakers, and one of those electrical things that buzzes. (laughs) Oh, you mean a Tesla coil? Fine, whatever. Hop to it! And then finally... Dr. James has made a decision. It is my belief. I'm trying to think of what voice James H. should have. It is my belief. Ooh, that's No, you don't like that one? I don't
4: know. That makes me think Wilford Brimley. Well, I mean, you might be now nail- spot on.
0: It's the 1850s, 1860s, so I'm assuming that everyone was 60 years old and black and white.
4: I'm sorry. Yeah. Everyone she was black they and white. That
0: long? That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm assuming that everyone in 1860 was Wilfred Brimley. I am absolutely yes. It is my belief that what you eat is dre- directly related to your body's health, and so the reason why our soldiers are dying of dysentery in such a rapid amount is because warning. gotcha. They're primarily Eating soup. And what is in the soup? Vegetables. Public enemy number one. Vegetables contain chemicals. Toxic chemicals. Toxic. Those carrots are destroying your insides. Broccoli. You might as well swallow a loaded gun. Oh, your soup has cabbage? Oh, you want to eat soup that has cabbage in it? Well, I guess you'll just have to be prepared to die. Our boy, Dr. James H., thought that vegetables were dangerous, and the way to stop soldiers from dying was to start them on a healthy diet of coffee and meat. Coffee and meat. Yeah. Right. That's like, oh, yeah, well, see, people are getting cancer because of all the vegetables they're eating. Meat? Red meat, gravy, coffee, maybe a couple of cigarettes that are good for your T-zone. That's T for taste and T for throat. Is, is, uh, is he still in practice? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I want to track down this guy. This guy's going to be I, my new doctor. I want this as my doctor, yeah. Yeah. But see, the problem is meat is scarce. Again, food is scarce during the Civil War. But once again, Dr. James H. has a plan. Medicinal meat. Right. Now I want to take this time to say that I'm the only person in the world that is calling it medicinal meat. There's a lot of things out there about James H. last name redacted. No one calls the meat medicinal, but this is a doctor and he is prescribing this meat for the soldiers. Yes. It's medicinal meat. Okay? That is what this is. Okay. So uh James H is like, I've got a solution. I, I know I'm saying that people have to eat meat. That the soldiers have to eat meat, and the meat that meat is scarce. But ha, I spent some time in (laughs) Hamburg, Germany, and there they they eat uh, very regularly cheap, inexpensive strip steak, and they cover it in gravy. Not only will this Hamburg steak steak be cheap to purchase, but it will also make our soldiers healthier and stronger. So Dr. James H. prescribes medicinal meat to the soldiers on during the Civil War because he literally thought that vegetables caused tumors and heart attacks and mental illness. All right. So the Hamburg steak becomes a staple among soldiers during the Civil War. And it still was a staple going into World War II because uh, Hamburg steaks were very cheap, ridiculously cheap to make, and it's like we can't afford to give these guys hamburgers or steaks or something, but hamburg steaks, those are cheap. We can afford that. No problem. <laughs> but it's WWI, it's WWUno. Uno, and uh Americans are having a problem. Because okay. it's like, wait a second, wait a second. So we've moved past the Civil War? Yes. OK, uh, Hamburg steaks by James H. Last name redacted become super popular and everybody eats them. And it's something that the army continues to do after the Civil War because it's cheap and it's yummy. But now it's World War One and America has a problem. You mean to tell me that I, an American from Indiana, Rhode Island, uh, Texas, that I I need to go to Germany and kill Germans while eating a Hamburg steak? I don't think so. It's like freedom fries. Remember freedom fries? Yes. It's basically that, but with Hamburg steaks. Oh, man, these steaks are really super cheap and easy to make and yummy, and apparently they help with digestive health, or so says some crackpot from the 1850s. Uh, but we can't call them this anymore. Uh, huh. We can't call our Civil War medicinal meat Hamburg steaks. We need a new name, huh? Let's just look in the book and see. Let's ship them to Vienna. Yeah, let's, let's look and see, uh, who the guy was who invented these. Oh, look at that. This is the guy who invented the Hamburg steak. Uh, Dr. James H. Salisbury! Um, And that's the twist. You just got shyamalaned. Yes. You just got shyamalaned. So Salisbury steak exists because a doctor from the 1850s thought that carrots will give you cancer. Yes. That is some fascinating stuff a lot of times people will say that like oh yes the salisbury steak was actually named after james h salisbury who uh created it as a dietary tool to help civil war soldiers but not a lot of things will tell you that like he invented it because he thought that broccoli would freaking give you aids you know (laughs) like like you really got to research Dr. James H. Salisbury a lot to get the truth about what he thought about vegetables but this is a 100% I, I, I still true want story from
3: my doctor i still want him yeah. my doctor you know i mean he literally prescribed soldiers meat and coffee yeah yes doc i have this yeah. cough well you're not smoking
0: enough
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, May Lynn, you seem to be very depressed. Have you tried smoking more weed?
2: Yeah.
0: And it's like, oh, thank you, Dr. Salisbury. You're the best. No problem. I'm Dr. James H. Salisbury. He's, he's, my, he's my hero. He's my hero. He's my favorite doctor next to Dr. Doom. And uh, Dr. Horrible. I have to add Dr. Horrible in it. So the next time that you eat a Salisbury steak, remember these wise words. Now get out the leeches, church organists. Yes. New catchphrase, gonna sweep the nation, gonna swiffer the nation. And I know I usually say this at the end of every chat, but I'm surprised that more people don't know that James H. Salisbury invented the Salisbury steak because he thought that <laughs> that friggin' carrots uh, give you uh, lung cancer. Yeah. That's some yeah. fascinating stuff. Uh, anyway, that is it for Steve's historic approximations this time around. Be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with...
1: Steve's Historic Approximations!
0: And cut on that. We got like three minutes. Go for it. Uh, we still got a movie to talk about. Uh, this is our last Buntober film. And I just want to thank you for this Buntober. I, I, I feel like we started out with a hideous Cronenberg film about trying to have sex with a child. And then we watched the same Cronenberg movie about something different, and that still pisses me off. Yes. But then after that, oh, American Graffiti. That movie is great. And that and now Everything Everywhere All at Once, it, 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 you know, it's been really fun. And I want to thank you for that. And I have a lot to say about Everything Everywhere All at Once and Midsommar and Doctor Strange. Yes. And uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse and, of course, Sharkula. We're okay, going to be talking about okay. a lot. We're going to get pretty deep and crazy and out there and metaphysical during our conversation about everything, everywhere, all at once. My favorite movie of the year. But before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break?
3: Should... We should
0: take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Popon film after this. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night boogie. That's from um uh the And God Spoke,
4: the greatest <laughs> non
0: denominational Bible movie of all time. I love that movie so much. Uh do 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 and break.
3: Where's my puppet? It's like a fucking teamster. Every time they turn around, he's off on a coffee break. We got a building to boot build up here.
0: My name is Mr. Steve. I'm a storyteller. Hello, everybody. Mr. Steve here. And it's time for another Mr. Steve short story time. Today's story time is... We're different. We're the same. And we're all wonderful. A Sesame Street book. We're different. Our noses are different. We're the same. Our noses are the same. They breathe and sniff and sneeze and whiff. Our hair is different. Our hair is the same. It grows on us in several places. It warms our heads and frames our faces. Our mouths are different. Our mouths are the same. Their lips form the words we say and smile when it's a happy day. Our skin is different. Our skin is the same. It tells us something's cold or hot or wet or dry. It knows a lot. Muscles and bones are wrapped inside it. We all have blood and skin to hide it. It keeps in warmth. It keeps out dirt. It warns us so we don't get hurt. Our eyes are different. Some of them are googly. Googly eyes. Our eyes are the same. They see, they blink, they weep, they wink. Oh, remember when you could be in a movie theater like that? Our bodies are different he used to be an imaginary friend that's true our bodies are the same they stretch and bend and work and play they all need food and rest each day they dance and wriggle and ride a bike they might look different but they're alike our feelings are different same telly monster same our feelings are the same. Lonely, worried, scared, excited, happy, loving, glad, delighted. want to go to the haunted house. We're the same. We're different. That's what makes the world such fun. Many kinds of people. Not just one. A rainbow would be boring if it were only green or blue. What makes a rainbow beautiful is that it has every hue. So aren't you glad you look like you? We're different. We're the same. Can you kids spot Elmo in this picture? Dude, I really like these guys. They're jamming. Pretty sure that's the Grateful Dead. Okay, I'll give you five more seconds to find Elmo. Five, four, three, two. He's right there. He's right there. You see him? this this guy not not this old woman this guy we're wonderful the end yay well that's today's story did you like that boys and girls remember we're different we're the same and we're all wonderful just because someone is a different size a different color a different something doesn't mean that they're any different than you we're different but we're all the same hope you guys enjoyed that be sure to like and subscribe and all those things i'm supposed to say because i'm somebody on youtube we'll see you later bye
1: Menstrual cramps. Another Mother God, I'm pulling up heart. Menstrual
3: cramps. The irritation.
2: Oh no, please don't!
4: Oh, this was my favorite onion. <laughs>
3: The diary.
4: (laughs) I have to go. Oh, shut up, get out! She's staying. Mommy's cramping now.
3: Minstrel cramps.
4: She's getting tighter and tighter and tighter. Where the fuck is the chocolate? The pain.
3: Menstrual cramps. The most common cause of menstrual cramps is stress.
4: No shit.
3: Hey, try these. Does
2: this pillage help?
3: It does when you do it right.
1: It's your uterus that's stressed. Oh, yes. Don't live in pain. Call 1 800
2: 555
3: 9969 and order Dr. Rod's Super Powered Vagina Balls. Just three easy payments of $59.99. Operators standing by. Order now!
1: Hello, Tim's mom? Have you seen Tim anywhere? He's not here at the studio
4: and I'm beginning to worry. 911? Hello, Queen of Germany? And I'm hungry. Actually, I'm more hungry than worried. You can forget about worried altogether. Yes, it's an emergency. My friend is missing and I'm sandwichless. What what kind of sandwiches you got over there in Germania? Who the hell are you calling a brat? Could you make me a sandwich? I like mayonnaise on both sides of the bread.
1: Miracle Whip? What kind of possessed hellhound are you? Sandwichless! S-A-N-D-W-I-C-H-L-E-S-S! Do you understand, motherfucker? Hello?
2: 911?
1: Hello? Maybe I should call 912.
4: I hear you're getting a lot of hits on Tinder. Nice. No I will not let you cover me in mustard and sauerkraut, you pervert! Wait, wait, wait. Is that in Germanian dollars?
1: Yeah. Yeah, now we're talking.
5: The other looks. It has been brought to my attention that there's a gentleman out there by the name of Jean. Now, Jean is very close to somebody that I know from a long, long time ago. He's a friend of mine, and therefore Jean by de facto. We are good friends as well. And now, Jean, I shall read this for you. Rusty Cage. You wired me awake and hit me with a hand of broken nails. You tied my lead and pulled my chain. To watch my blood begin to boil. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my... I'm going to break my rusty cage and run. Too cold to start a fire i'm burning diesel burning dinosaur bones yeah i'll take the river down to still water and ride a pack of dogs but i'm going to break i'm going to break my i'm going to break my rusty cake. It's like a Phillips head into my brain. It's going to be too dark to sleep again. Cutting my teeth on bars and rusty chains. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my rusty cage and run. When the forest burns along the road like God's eyes in my night When the dogs are looking for their bones and its raining ice picks on your steel shore. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break
4: my head. I'm going to break... My Rusty Page.
2: I have
1: to tell you something. I'm only a myth. And until next week, I'll be missing you.
5: What's happening? Evelyn, I'm not your husband. I'm another version of one from another universe. Mm-hmm. I'm here because we need your help.
3: Very busy today, I've no time to help you.
5: Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of
2: Evelyn's. You can access all of their memories, their emotions, even their skills. <laughs> A great
5: evil, spreading like the many verses. And you, maybe your only chance of stopping
4: it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you.
2: Wow, I'm really good.
3: He's waiting in the wings The universe He speaks
5: of things Is so much bigger you and me. than you realize all Of all the places I could be I just want to just with you Remember our mission Concerning the fate of every single world of our infinite multiverse There's no way I am the Evelyn you are looking for. Every rejection, every disappointment has led you here
2: to this moment.
5: Don't let anything distract
2: you from it.
1: And we're back,
3: and we're back, and we're back, and we're back with more of the Pope on film. Did you see I, what I did there? Did oh
0: yeah, yeah! No, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah, it it's a, like the it was opening. A- a multi-dimensional opening. Yeah, yes. I gotcha. I I thought you were just doing that because you're high.
3: That was that was a wear back from several different universes. I see
0: that. Whoa, dogs, chill out. Maybe close that door. Um, here's the thing about Oklahoma. If you don't have a dog and you want one, just just keep the door open and some mutt will just wander into your house eventually (laughs) yeah I don't know what they're barking at either yes Mal do you have something okay hold on my uh, 17 year old son has something
4: Hoity-toity is believed to have been created as a rhyme based on the dialectal English word hoit, meaning to play the fool. Hoity-toity can mean foolish, but it is most often referred to, you know, like, used
0: as uh, pretentious.
4: Wow!
0: Nice. Wow. Good job. Way to tie, you know, uh, what you just did is like a rub. It really tied the podcast together. I don't
4: know what just happened.
0: I found the culprit. is is that a robin in there? or what what's what are you showing me oh yeah that's that's there you are hi robin it's robin the dog the new star of the Popon on film i haven't even done the intro yet everything <laughs> everywhere is, oh, he, he, no. he, this is a real loosey goosey episode.
4: That's okay because everywhere, everything all at once. Nope, that's not the way it is. Everything,
0: everything every, everywhere. All, all, <laughs> every, everything everywhere. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> oh, finally, the transition to <laughs> Peanut's parent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> everything <laughs> everywhere all at once. Fuck off. You just Peanuts gave me a big Mrs.
0: Cheaper. Othmar vibes. <laughs> that was Linus's teacher, Mrs. Othmar. I love this dog. Uh,
1: it's time, buddy! It's
0: time. It's time. Yes, it's buddy! Time. Yes, buddy, my friend! It is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to shimmy our way into the second act of our big shoe, and it is said second act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our... All-new, extra-strength, concentrated, professional-grade, guaranteed to cut through those tough kitchen stains. Move beyond the week! And this week, we continue. We finish our celebration of one very important half of this podcast, Mr. Bunny Williams, with a star-studded bun-tober of films. And yeah, it's November, but what are we going to watch? Planes, trains, and automobiles? What other Thanksgiving movies really are there? Yeah. Period. It's shocking. The,
3: the Thanksgiving series.
0: Yeah, but other than that, that's, that's not... I personally think that someone should make a low-budget Halloween ripoff For every other freaking holiday. Period. I want to see. Guy Fox Day. The new horror film from Bunny Williams. You know, every holiday should get one. Yes. St. Patrick's death.
3: Well, it was looking like it for
0: back in the 80s, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh. Where were we? Oh, yeah. This week, we'll be getting deep AF with a very metaphysical look at 2022 straight-up masterpiece.
1: Everything, everywhere, all at once!
0: Now, I have a, I have a lot to say about this, about this movie, and Good. later, we will be getting crazy deep about this movie and the themes of it. But before we get into it, I want to talk about Doctor Strange. Okay. When they announced that title, Doctor Strange, in the multiverse of madness, oh, I, I near, I doth shat myself yes. with excitement. Oh, finally, the multiverse, different universes, different characters. There's going to be so many fun multiverses, so many different versions of of the the characters that you know and love, and remember there were talks of like a Tom Cruise's Iron Man, yeah, and all of these different maybe they could even bring Robert Downey jr back, and you know this was back during those days where it's like, okay, so uh for two seconds in this one scene of a Marvel movie, you see something red, mephisto confirmed, yes. I hope that I hope that uh, society doesn't forget that period in time when Marvel fans were seeing Mephisto everywhere. Yes. So uh, I was so excited. Oh, so many multiverses. And when I first saw Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I liked it because it was trying to be something different. It was a Marvel movie, it was a comic book movie, it was also very much a Sam Raimi film, and there were some horror parts to it, and it was uh, some surprising gore parts. I'm surprised at the things they got away with doing to the Illuminati in a PG-13 film, but... Um... The more I watch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the more disappointed I am in the film. Yeah. Because it's like... like I've watched it like four times now, and each time there's just something different that just like... It's like, oh, wait a second. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, you mean the, what, two multiverses in the whole film? (laughs) if you don't count the like multiverse montage where they're like falling and you see like 20 different ones other than that there's only like two or three different multiverses in the whole film and that's it and it's like that's it's kind of it's kind of sad when your film is Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness and there's more multiversal madness In the movie with Spider-Ham. Yes. Yes. There's more. There's more multi.
3: All of the variants were Doctor Strange. Yeah. uh, Which causes a bit of a problem. Why weren't the variants cast different like in Loki and like in Spider-Man?
0: Yeah. It's it's because
3: yeah. I really wanted to see a David Schwimmer Doctor Strange. Ooh
0: yeah, trying to get the right lighting. Uh, if you're listening to this, you have no idea what's going on. I'm just gonna leave it like a bright, shining mess. Uh, and then it's like, oh, okay. Like I see it a, a, a yet another time, and it's like, oh, well. You know the big reveal of the Illuminati that's like freaking epic. But then I realize like I see it like a like a third time, a fourth time. I see it a fourth time and it's like wait a second, I'm only watching this film for a for a reveal of like five characters that will die 5 minutes later. Yes. I was hoping for the whole movie to be like that, but it's just one scene in the middle of the film, which is the great part of the movie, and everything else is like, and then it, and then it's like, oh, Scarlet Witch is going to co-star in it, and she's going to be there's a chance she might be the bad guy, and it's going to be like a oh oh then I better watch Wandavision again, and it's like, I didn't have to watch Wandavision.
2: No.
0: I love Wandavision. I didn't have to watch WandaVision. Yeah. And it's like, so... The only thing about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that I like is that I like the Illuminati and I like the fact... Have you seen that video of the background actress in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Have you seen that? No. When Doctor Strange goes into the wedding and he sits down and there's another doctor from the first film that sits down next to him and they have a conversation. Watch that scene. It's the best part of the movie. Right behind Doctor Strange's head is an old white woman and they obviously said okay, look. Be really excited. And she is just the worst extra ever in the history of extras. Because here's this a uh, serious scene happening, but if you just focus your eyes just an inch to the right, you just see this woman overacting <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. And it, if you're listening to this, I apologize, but if you're watching it, basically the the old lady behind Doctor Strange is like this.
1: Huh? Huh? Huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh. Huh? Huh? Uh, 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 uh. It's freaking hilarious. It is hilarious. It's the best part of the film. Really, like, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The best part about it is the Illuminati, one really horrible extra, and the fact that the car is in it. Yeah. The car from the Evil Dead, and the car from Spider-Man, the car from Dark Man. it's also in this. That's the only that I like about it period I like the fact that like one of the heroes one of the central main characters is a Mexican woman and I know that pissed people off yeah but I don't particularly like the film because I wanted a multiverse of madness and if you want to see a multiverse of madness watch this week's film and not the film titled multiverse of madness yeah
3: i i I liked it, but i I felt let down by it,
0: yeah, and it's like, oh my god, look at look at all these characters that we've introduced, okay, well, they're dead in five, six minutes, so what is the point? That just means it's just fan service, like yeah,
3: yeah, and that that annoyed it, me I mean yeah, I mean, you're just teasing us, you could spend more time on the actual plot of this movie. The one we're actually watching, not the Illuminati movie.
0: I I see the bug. Can you keep it away from me though? It's creepy.
1: Holy
0: okay, I don't like it. This is exactly how you were when we were in California. Look at this thing I found. No. No. It's a little it's a little guy, you can't
4: see it that one, but it's it's a little it's a little isopod
0: a little isopod. Are those those things you put in your shoes and they make them comfy, honey? Isopods? No. I need to get me a pair of isopods. Oh, isotoners. Oh, those are the gloves. Those are, those the, are gloves. the gloves. Okay. Thinking of Dr. Scholz. Um, Dr. Shoals, Good doctor. Not as good as Dr. James H. Salisbury. No. So, um, Bunny, I effing love this movie so much everything everywhere all at once i love this movie so much i know so many little facts about this film like the voice of Raka Cooney, that is randy newman is he it? went uncredited yeah he wrote a he wrote a parody to his own song and sung it in this film But he didn't want to raise the ire of Disney, so he went uncredited. But that is him as the voice of Rakakuni. And that is an an Oscar award-winning songwriter who who wrote that song for this tiny little throwaway gag in everything, everywhere, all at once. I love that. Yes. That is awesome. They made fake, beautiful fake movie posters for all of the different main universes. They made a beautiful Rakakuni poster. They made a poster for the um, for the film that they're watching in the movie theater. They made a film for the two rocks.
2: <laughs>
1: and it's
0: like, like. Um, the thing about this film is. I, I, I really find myself loving movies that are different. I yeah. drove 45 minutes away to see lamb. There was only one other person oh, in the okay. theater. Okay, you, you
3: might need a little counseling on that.
0: Okay, I, I mean, loved that movie,
3: but to drive forty-five minutes.
0: Yeah, I you, can, 30, you can love it. Minutes. You can
3: rent
5: it,
0: <laughs> and then and then I drove over an hour to see the lighthouse, and that was crazy. And it's like.
4: Okay, we've all been there, where we've driven a long way to another city to watch a Rob Pattinson film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you Fucking. I think that 9-11
4: uh, that's not should become
0: Robert Pattinson Day. I'm know, I know, I know, I know, I've moved on to another Robert Pattinson movie. I say ro- that 9-11 should be Pattinson yes. Day. Where we remember, where we take the time to to mourn those that we lost, and also celebrate the stupidest twist ending in the history of movies. Yes. Oh my God! Look at look at this freaking Bruce Wayne is an uggo. You see that, bunny? Ugh. <laughs> uh, here, here,
2: here.
0: That is hit. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh.
2: Yeah.
0: Go back to Riverdale. He always looks like he needs more sleep. He always <laughs> yes. looks like he needs more sleep.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah. but fucking ah, oh, from the lighthouse on, I don't hate this man anymore, and he can do no wrong by me.
4: I mean, I've I, hated him. I I love this man.
0: I I absolutely just I I wasn't I laughed fan him of off the
4: lack of emotion of Bella Swan what's her name but then she came out and like she is shining bright yeah you know what I mean like girl you live your you should self and look at you fucking glow you
0: should see you should you should with an open mind see the the Charlie's Angels reboot with her in it she's the funny one and her kind of whole bit is that she's the funny one but also, She's a little bit of a horn dog to men and women. Primarily, she pretends to be a horn dog to the men and she kind of hits on all the women. And it's just, she is the bright spot of an otherwise pretty shitty movie. But it's like, I love her in that. And it's like, oh, shit, you're having fun. Look at you actually having fun in a movie. You can do that. You're allowed.
4: Like, yeah. 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 Well, for for
0: Kristen Stewart, the one
3: that did it for me was when I saw her in American Ultra. That is such
0: a fun movie
3: for an actor. I don't think I've,
0: I don't think I've seen that. Have I seen that? I don't think I've uh, seen that.
3: It's it's Jesse
0: Eisenberg, and he. Okay. He's a burnt out
3: teen, you know. He does mushrooms and gets high with his girlfriend. And he wants to draw comic books. And then somebody walks into 7-Eleven he works at and says the super secret soldier code, just like they did with Bucky.
0: Yeah, longing, rusted. And he, and he
3: activates. And Kristen Stewart was his girlfriend. And it, it's a fun action
0: movie. Okay, in my mind, it's a sequel to Adventureland. Because hmm. weren't they both in that as well? And by the end of it, they're dating. I don't. I, I haven't seen
3: Adventureland.
1: Wait, what? what,
0: what Jesse Eisenberg. I
1: think
3: so.
0: And Kristen Stewart. Yeah. No, they were both working at the theme park in Adventureland. I liked that movie because it was filmed at Kennywood. And I've told this story on the podcast before. One day I was sick and I was told that I had to stay in bed and watch TV, so I turned it on PBS and managed to catch a two-hour documentary about a very old park in Pennsylvania called Kennywood. And the thing was, was that all of the teens would say, whenever your zipper was down, Kennywood's open. And we still say that to this day. My wife and I. Oh, shit, Kennywood's open. Zip. And so I saw Adventureland only because, like, oh, Kristen Stewart's in this, but it was filmed in Kennywood, and I've been obsessed with that since I got the flu when I was nine. So, yeah, they're they're they were boyfriend and girlfriend in two movies. That's fascinating. So I love. So okay. So I Wait, will. Come uh- on.
4: Kristen Stewart do some action scenes.
0: Does she do some ag- in American Ultra? She kicks ass in uh, uh, Charlie's Angels.
4: Okay, what about,
3: yeah, what about she? She talking? totally kicks ass in American
0: Ultra, yeah. yeah nice. That's awesome, okay. All right, that's yeah. awesome, that's cool. Funny, so throughout the year, I will obsessively write and rewrite and re rewrite and hastily scribble my own personal list of my favorite films of the year every year. What I look for is I want the number one film to be my midsummer for the year. The movie that I watch and become obsessed with. And force other people in the house to watch. And I a movie I fall in love with. And in this year of our Lord, 2022. I said this earlier in the podcast that I love Everything Everywhere All at Once, and also it kind of pisses me off because there have been a handful of movies that in any other year that Everything Everywhere All at Once hasn't come out in, that those movies could very well take the top spot if it were not for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. It's a PG-rated kids movie from A24. It is hilarious and funny and adorable, and I love it. It would be number one, but everything, everywhere, all at once had to blow my freaking mind. There's another film called Brian and Charles. It's a very low-budget foreign film about a guy, and he has a shed and he's always trying to build things and they're always unsuccessful. And then one day he decides to build a robot and it works perfectly and it's AI. And uh, the robot he comes up with his own name. I am Charles Patrescu. And it's so stupid and cute and lovable. And oh my God, I love it. That could be number one. Everything, Everywhere, all at once had to come in. I really like Nope. And a lot of people don't like this film. I really love Don't Worry Darling. I love that movie. I might have to give it another watch. A lot of people hate it. I freaking love it. From the beginning, I knew what was up. In the beginning of Don't Worry Darling, I knew what was up because it's like, wait a second, I'm a minority. You mean to tell me that this is supposed to be what, the 1950s, 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, and yet there's a white woman and a black woman and there's like a Freaking uh, Pakistani dude with a white woman. Uh, methinks This might not be the nineteen fucking fifties, but um and weird the weird Al Yankovic movie Yes. But this week's movie it's my Mitzomar. Everything everywhere all at once fucking love this movie. Hands down best film of the year. The script, the characters, the effects, the quotable lines, the believable acting. The, and then at the center of it is such a sweet story. He was short round in Indiana Jones and in the Temple of Doom. Yes. Then he was he was Data in the Goonies. And for people of a certain age, he was just their childhood he was there growing up these two movies were just such powerhouses but then he couldn't was he find on acting come for a while i probably but then he couldn't get work because they he just didn't see work for asians so he gave up being an actor and he wanted to be an actor but he gave up and it wasn't until he was much much older that the movie Crazy Rich Asians came out, and he said, oh my goodness, I think they're actually giving uh, acting roles to Asian people. Maybe I should try an audition, and what's the first film he gets in? This! And it's perfect for him! Yeah. And I love him, and he is the heart of this film and the center of it, and I just relate to him so much because oftentimes in Relationships, there's the one who might be a bit more serious and a bit uh, more um, rational. And then there's uh, the person who's who a lot of times I feel like my job is just to make people laugh. You know?
4: What she's saying is there's a lot of mirrors that she's seeing to her own life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I and, and I relate to that,
4: to
0: yeah. You. I deeply relate to that film and to this film and his character and just all of it. And I honestly hope he gets nominated for something. I, I think he's he, fantastic. He's fantastic in this. Oh, god, they really he's so him. believable that's when amazing. he's in that elevator and he does the change like, oh, right yeah. there. You it that's great acting, yeah. you know.
4: Absolutely.
0: I really think he's got a chance to be nominated. I, I have to
4: pick with my daughter. The Jobu Tapaki.
0: Jobu Tapaki. I changed my name on Twitter to the trans Jobu Tapaki for a while. Jobu. It's funny because I think you're not doing it on purpose, but that's what she does throughout the entire thing. She doesn't get the name right until the end. Jobu. Did juju chewbacca
4: did i get it wait say it again joe joe bu
0: nailed it did i yes yeah, good job Boutipaka. good job yeah and natasha has seen it mal has seen it seen max saw, saw it yeah yeah, yeah I we had a date the, night
4: with the creators like
0: oh yes we went to go see uh, like a. The oh, movie cool. came out in theaters and then it left and then it came back in theaters with, uh, there was a special introduction by the directors and then at the end they showed bloopers.
4: Yeah. yeah that was
0: and sure. it was so cute and they were, the, the two directors were talking at the people in the audience and the first time I went to go see it uh, with the director opening he's there like, hey why don't all of you in the theater why don't you uh, just Just call out how many times you've seen the movie. And just me being me, I just went, this is my fourth. And and the directors are like, oh, wow. Hey, that's a lot. And then some guy behind me went, have you really seen this four times? Yeah, this is my fourth. And we're just talking in the middle of the introduction. It was so sweet. (laughs) And I went to the movies with a googly eye in the middle of my forehead and the 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 you know the the people working at the snack bar at the ticket counter, they're just like low-paid people who hate movies and they're like, Uh, which film are you watching? And I'm like, Do you see the do you see the googly eye on my forehead? Obviously. Warning. Obviously, I'm here to see. Minions the rise of Gru. Oh. Um, are we are going to have to restart
3: this cuz we've barely even started talking about the movie yet and we're at
0: the 10 minute warning. I think we probably do. I mean,
4: you do yeah. have a lot to say about it. I that. do have a lot more
0: to say about this. I this have is a one is
4: your like favorite.
0: Though. Yeah, this is one of my favorites. I still have to do a uh 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 shout out to one of my favorite actors who's in this we haven't even gotten to the plot and i have some real deep shit to get into about this film so no we do have to restart this
3: okay so let's run out the 10 minutes and we'll just restart it again okay so oh
0: wow
4: i was just raising my eyes. okay
0: so i, I want to do a salute if i may to uh one of my favorite people in this film, because as anyone who has listened to this podcast for more than five seconds probably knows, the greatest television show of all time is I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix. It's been on for two seasons and it is my entire life. It's really great because I'm obsessed with it, but unlike a lot of other things that I became hyper fixated on, like cheap seats without Ron Parker and Syphilin and Ali and Clone High uh, there is a huge fandom for I Think You Should Leave and it's really surprising uh, There's a one of my uh, biggest supporters on Twitter is a guy named Carl Havoc so really happy about that I'm currently being followed on Instagram and Twitter by I Think You Should Leave memes that's a big get for me so okay. I I freaked the F out when, uh, actor Biff Whiff appeared on screen, who plays Santa Claus and Detective Crashmore in two back-to-back skits in season two of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. I had no clue that an actor from I Think You Should Leave was in this. I got as excited as I did when I saw, um the thank you Spider-Man guy in the preview for Ant-Man Mania, Because that guy is uh, in one of my favorite skits from I Think You Should Leave. He's the guy who wants a good steering wheel that doesn't whiff out of the window while I'm driving! So, Biff Whiff <laughs> is Biff Whiff played santa claus and detective crashmore in two back-to-back skits in season two of i think you should leave with tim robinson he is the old guy whose wife used to wear the same perfume the old guy who dances with waymond in the laundromat okay and uh, it's just really great that this guy who was in whose only claim to fame was one bizarre two bizarre little skits on this show I'm obsessed with, is suddenly a small character in this major film. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, I'd like to give a salute to actress Jenny Slate. I think it's vaguely racist that uh, Evelyn calls her big nose in this film. She is Jewish. It is kind of dicey to call her big nose throughout this film, but uh, that's actress Jenny Slate. She was a... uh, also featuring on SNL until she accidentally said the F word live on air and they fired her shortly after that. The F word. She was doing a skit with Kristen Wig, and the whole thing were they were just saying frickin' the whole time. Hey frickin', we're gonna freaking get wasted tonight. We're gonna freaking have so much fun. It's freaking gonna be you and freaking me. And let me tell you something. I fucking love you. And and just hurt the look on her face afterwards. She was just she knew her time was up after that, and I felt really bad for her. But she's also a Mona Lisa Saperstein in Parks and Recreation. She is the unicorn, floating head in star versus the forces of evil. She is the cute dog in the cute white dog love interest in the Secret Life of Pets, and. She is the co-creator and co-writer and vocal star of the number two movie, favorite movie of mine this year, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. (laughs) So Jenny Slate was co-starring in my number one film and created the second film. So good for you, Jenny Slate. That is awesome. She is amazing. You really should see. I. Uh, and who was she? She was the girlfriend. No, no, she was the. Uh, she was the one with the big nose. She was the one with the dog that she used as a weapon. Okay. That's Jenny Slate. She also did some really great uh, drunk histories. Uh, but. Yeah, my two favorite people in this film. Jenny Slate. I get excited every time I see her. Uh, Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. And uh, Biff Whiff, a.k.a. Santa Claus from Detective Crashmore. I'm so excited about that. Rewatching this as many times as I have, one of the things I like to do now when I watch this film is see how many circles are hidden in this film. Really? There are so many hidden in this film. Like in the beginning, you're focusing in on a mirror and that's the circle. And it, it it's it's supposed to just be like, uh, you know, like the everything bagel. There are circles everywhere throughout this entire film. And when you realize that and you look at it. It becomes like a freaking Where's Waldo? Like, oh, yeah, there's one behind her there. There, Oh, there's one there, too. And it's just this like nice foreshadowing throughout the entire film that there are all of these circles that are right there in your face. I really like it. You know, originally, this movie was supposed to have a male star, and they were trying to get Jackie Chan. Really? But Jackie Chan said, no! Uh, I'm not doing it, so they rewrote it to be a woman, and they got her to be in it, and the first thing that she did was uh, call her good friend Jackie Chan and make fun of him for not taking nice. the Nice. And it's like, good for you. Good for you. She is awesome. I feel really bad because um, uh, my kids sometimes like to watch the second Minions movie which came out this summer, Minions Rise of Gru, and she, Evelyn is in Minions Rise of Gru and I always get and I got excited I went to go see it in the movie and it's like oh my god Evelyn is in this Evelyn from everything everywhere all at once oh this is going to be awesome oh wait she's an old woman who's also a kung fu master who teaches them kung fu we need to be fucking racist Minions (laughs) you got Evelyn and you wasted her for a racist part in your animated movie oh F off Minions that pisses me off you go from everything everywhere all at once to freaking Minions movie that upsets me but also it's not the movie maker's fault because uh, the Minions movie got new mutated The Minions 2 coming out summer 2020. Unless an act of God happens. But that won't happen. So, it came out summer 2022, and it's like, oh, so you were working on this film before she got the part in Everything Everywhere all at once. But it took longer anyway. Uh, So, We still have a lot. We don't have a lot to talk about, but we do need to get a little bit deeper into this film. And I want to talk a little bit about the plot. Yeah. But before we do that, we are doing this show on Zoom, and we have less than a minute left. So...
3: Let's just run it through real quick and be right back.
0: Okay, yes. We will be right back. And... Cut. Hey, guys. (laughs) I think Social Security should be uh, privatized.
4: You can't go to a supermarket without being accosted by a homeless guy. Democrats and liberals attack viciously.
0: I will take over store time. Not if I have anything to say about it, Skeletor. We will fight to the death. Or, gentlemen, may I suggest a second option? What if we all enjoy the great taste of sugar crisp? Can't get enough of that sugar crisp. Sugar crisp.
3: And we're back, yada, yada, go.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I I would like to take this time to say that I am super high right now, legally. Yes. Because I am in a state with medicinal marijuana, and I have a licensed card. <laughs> don't smoke marijuana unless it's legal, kids. Yes. I don't yes. smoke it because of the asthma. And also, did you know that vaping can, de- can, de- can uh, <coughs> deliver co- toxic metals into your lungs? that's metal in your lungs yeah so uh so i i am legally high right now my this was my to-do list this was my to-do list today um go to church finish writing podcast record podcast get really high and listen to chuck mangioni <laughs> I freaking love his music so much. I know that this isn't the most popular thing in the world to hear someone say. I am in love with the smooth jazz of Chuck Mangione. I am obsessed with it. Really? The thing is, is that um, I'm in this group, and it's, uh, you know you grew up in Phoenix, Arizona in the 80s when? And I was uh, finding all of these old uh, 1980s uh, news broadcasts on YouTube. So I took a few screenshots of different news broadcasts from Phoenix, Arizona in the 80s, and I posted them on the Facebook group. And a bunch of people were like, oh, my God, that's uh, Frank Camacho and that's Liz Turley. And and oh that's back when the weatherman was this guy, and oh Dewey Hopper was on the was in the helicopter, and everyone's talking about all of these memories. And somebody says, Oh, yes, that the first one is from channel five. I remember they would always sign out with the song Balavia by Chuck Mangioni. And I immediately went, Chuck Mangioni. The fucking guy who died in King of the Hill?
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, so so I said, I didn't know that Chuck Mangione provided the end credit music of the news in the 80s. But I'm going to find the song and listen to it. But it, I probably don't recognize it. So I press play, and I'm like, it's a pretty song, but it's not doing anything for me. And the song keeps playing, and I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty song, but I don't recognize it. And then the song keeps going. It's like, yeah, this is a nice song, but it, it's not really, you know, triggering anything. And then, it, and then the song gets to a loud flourish, and I swear to God, I was an eight-year-old kid in my parents' kitchen eating dinner and watching the goddamn news. Oh, wow. It, I could see, perfectly see, the end credits of channel KPHO TV5 Phoenix Six o'clock news broadcast. I was a kid again and I heard it and I realized that like it's weird to explain. But I was a I was a very young child in the 1980s. So I don't know what it was like to be an adult in Phoenix, Arizona in the 80s. But Chuck Mangione's music sounds like how it felt to be an adult in Phoenix in the 80s. Okay. If you want to know what it was like to be an adult in Phoenix in the 1980s, make everything in your house brown and wood, s- s- blow a lot of cigarette smoke in the air, and listen to Chuck Mangione. Okay. While drinking a tab. It, it, I'm not sure why, but but ever since I figured that out about uh, Chuck Mangione and the news broadcast. Ah, uh, his music like deeply touches my soul, and I am listening to him a lot. A really, lot. Yes, I am surprised. It's just, it's. I don't know. I, it's just my thing. I freaking love it. But so, I've never so, listened to him while high. So this is my plan: is to legally get high, and then sit in my bedroom, listening to Chuck Mangione and just seeing where it takes my soul.
3: But have you started drinking the unsweetened tea
1: yet? No, no, I have not funny.
0: Can you hit us with the plot of this week's film? No, this will be his biggest challenge yet. (laughs) Yeah. No, uh,
1: Yeah, no, uh, she kind of goes through a
3: journey, uh, to realize that nothing really matters, basically, and this could possibly be all manifestations of her nervous breakdown if we are taking the Opening personality as the primary personality. Yeah. She was really fucking high strung.
0: Can I can I can I pause you there and move on to another film really quick? Sure. Okay. I think I fixed Hereditary. Okay. I'm going to explain to you what I think the movie is about. The movie goes into great lengths to show that Tony Collette's mother character her, her the character she plays works with miniatures. Oh it, she works into such fine details and she works so on it's on the minutest detail and make sure that everything looks perfect down to the last tiny detail so she's very controlling she's controlling everything and I was wondering like why is there such a focus on the miniatures what does that have to do with the film at large I think because you said and a lot of other people have said it's two movies it's this drama about a family, and then there is a specific break off where it becomes a completely different film. Like From yes. Dust Till Dawn. Mm, like a, similar, yes. In the sense that uh, uh, Quinn Tarantino and uh, Robert Rodriguez were talking about the film, and, and uh, Robert Rodriguez said, It's a crime film, it is a, uh, a very serious crime film. Until you get to page seventy, and believe me when I say, when you are watching the film, you know when page, when you get to page seventy. Yes, and that's the same thing with 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 uh, Hereditary. You're watching this like drama about a family, and then suddenly, oh shit, it's page seventy, y'all. Yes. So I was trying to figure out why. So then I thought, okay. This is a very controlling woman who works in miniatures because she wants to get every minute detail of her life right, and then her mother dies. Okay, so maybe... But she's still trying to keep everything uh, in control because she's a very controlling person. And then uh, the daughter gets beheaded, and that's when everything changes. I think she had a breakdown and the reason why the page 70 happens in the film is because from that point on, she's telling you what she thinks is happening. But she actually kills her husband and then kills herself, but the second half of the film is us going into her brain and her telling us what she thinks is going on. Okay. Just like the miniatures. There are scenes where you are looking at her miniature and she's working on a miniature, and then suddenly it zooms in and, oh, wait, it's not a miniature. Now we're in real life. It's because she controls everything. She controls everything, and she makes all of the scenes in her life into these tiny little miniatures, and then sometimes you go into them and you see them in detail because she controls everything. The break that happens, the to use a, a From Dust Till Dawn descriptor. The page 70 happens in Hereditary because there is a part where we are being told by an unreliable narrator how she is processing the horrible things that are happening. She is having a breakdown, and she is telling us what she thinks is real, which is a fake. She kills her husband, then kills herself, then imagines a world where her only remaining living family member is worshiped as a god. Okay. I th- this is my uh game theory for the movie and I think it's freaking perfect. And it makes the film better and it explains it more cuz you're like, "Oh, this is a really like serious drama about a family coming apart." Yeah. Then suddenly it's witches and shit. This is the reason why. My theory fixes hereditary
3: okay I might have to watch it again find it somewhere
0: I've watched the film a couple of times but once I came up with this realization I watched it another time and it became one of my favorite movies really okay yes and I've been meaning to tell you this for like a couple of months and I forgot until you were talking about uh, whether or not uh, Evelyn is having a nervous breakdown yes also in the A24 universe. Uh, both films, Hereditary and Everything Everywhere all at once. I'm so proud of the fact that, like, everything, every, uh, hey, this is an A24 film. A24 is, like, the shit right now for film n- nerds. And they've released so many big-time films and Oscar-nominated films and, uh, the film that made people, the last film to make people say Oscar contender uh, Adam Sandler (laughs) and they released uh, Midsommar and they released all of these films uh, mid-90s Moonlight I think Uh, but Everything Everywhere All at Once, their highest grossing film of all time And that's so wonderful. This movie deserves it. And I love this film. And I love the fact that, like, a lot of times when I'm watching a movie a- and it's like a bad movie, and I look at the credits and there's all these names, and I wonder, like, I wonder if just five people made this movie. Yeah. Sometimes you're watching a film like Virus Shark and you're like, are these names in the credits real? Or did 10 people make this entire film and we're just seeing some fake credits? So I really like the fact that when Everything Everywhere All at Once was was slowly expanding to becoming this big uh, Hollywood hit, that the filmmakers were honest in saying all of the special effects were just five dudes. Yeah. It was just five guys just winging it, seeing what we could do. When we could get away with and it's like, oh, that's so honest. Freaking good for you, you know? Yeah. Good for you. That's why we talk to you. Yeah. It's
4: this amazing film. It's garnering so much attention. We had list hunt. Uh, hunt list items. For, for Gish.
0: For Gish? yes, The greatest international scavenger
4: hunt? Yes. Yes. And that were based on everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So be proud of the fact that only five dudes made this. And it's awesome. <laughs> or the effects, anyway.
0: Before I saw the film, I was on Instagram, and I saw uh, a picture of, uh like, uh it, it was a post by Weird Al Yankovic, and he said, I just saw everything everywhere all at once, and you should watch it too. And it's a picture of him and Jamie Lee Curtis with hot dogs for fingers. And I went, what the fuck is this movie that <laughs> Laurie Strode and Weird Al Yankovic are in this photograph with hot dogs for hands? I need to see this film. And I'm glad that I did. I saw it five times in theaters. I I, I originally saw it I saw it four times and I said, okay that's, that's good. But then I went, oh shit, I saw Cats four times in theaters.
3: Yes, you did.
0: I have to see everything everywhere all at once more times than m- magical mr Mistopolis.
3: Yes. I I I feel bad that I enjoyed watching Jamie Lee Curtis get punched so much. <laughs> I really enjoyed it.
0: Did you so did you see Halloween ends? No. No, okay. Um Did you see any of the new Halloween movies? I I saw the one before
3: this accidentally, because I was it this time last year? It was probably this time last year and I picked up Peacock so I could watch the parade and it was just sitting there, the Halloween movie, so I was like, well, fuck it. I guess I have to watch it. Yeah. I wasn't a fan.
0: Um... I I really want you to see the last one Halloween ends because other people aren't reacting when I say one of the main characters was Walter Paisley. Okay. That they literally just got Walter Paisley and airdropped him into the middle of the last Halloween movie for no effing reason whatsoever and it pisses me off and I put that on Twitter and I put that on freaking Facebook, whatever. Nobody has any freaking idea what I'm talking about. But there is a serious Walter Paisley bucket of blood motherfucker in the middle of that movie. Okay, Right in the middle. Airdropped into the middle of it. Operation Dumbo dropped into the middle of (laughs) Halloween. Funny. And it was nice to see that at
3: least in some universe she was able to heal her differences with Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Yeah. And do it. Yes. Every time that uh, I, I know my wife wants to have a relations with me when she hits her fingers against her legs like this. That's the Official way that you let someone know that you want to have relations with them. Okay. Is that hitting? They do that, they do that in the film. And in the film within the film. There there's a lot of levels to this film, and I love it. Bonnie, I want to get deep about this movie. Okay. Okay. Uh Ever since I was a kid, this is a great conversation to have while I'm high, legally high. Um, ever since I was a kid, I have always wondered. I have always felt that there were other me's out there that were kind of nearby that were living my life, but slightly different and i ever since i was a very young child i thought about this and then i finally saw something that that n- helped me process and understand what i was thinking okay my life is a choose your own adventure novel and so i'm making decisions but there are all of these other decisions that are also near me but i don't know what's happening them because i've made these one specific decisions and so i always saw my life as a sort of choose your own adventure novel and then when i like when i was in my early 20s i got a copy of a science magazine and it talked about how scientists believe that there are an infinite number of alternate universes that are around us at any time that we can't see because we are locked in our own universe of possibilities, but we should also realize that around us are an infinite number of alternate possibilities. And I said, oh my goodness, this is a scientific theory that backs up what I have always felt since I was a child. But but yes, an alternate Number an infinite number of alternate universes surrounding us at all times that feature all of the other possible outcomes of our life. And so I have always felt that. And and what I'm trying to say is basically the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once is a documentary. Okay. Rowdy Roddy Piper would (laughs) said the same thing about They Live. And he would say in interviews That movie is true That movie is real life I wasn't in a science fiction film I was in a documentary Okay So Okay Yes Hit me
4: I've had the story run in my head For years Okay Where you marry science and magic Because they they have to do ritualistic things Mm-hmm. in order to access this but they're also using science and technology that was my story and about how many lives you actually have out there i, I just it blew my mind when i saw it I'm like, this is it now i'm done i don't yeah. ha- i don't have to worry about writing it because huh. he wrote it for me yeah. it was great and they did some such a better job than i probably ever could have so yeah. like Yes. Yeah. I love when that happens because writers, we don't want to write this shit. Okay. Yeah. We don't. We want to read it. But nobody's fucking writing it. So when this shit happens, it's like fucking score. Yeah,
0: like I've always wanted like I've always wanted to read the book The Insiders, which is a retelling of S. E. Hinton's outsiders from one of the rich people. The Socials. Yeah the insiders and it's the exact same story but it's from the point of view of the rich kid who comes and has a talk with pony boy about you know the this fight won't change anything greasers will still be greasers and socias will still be socias and like he is coming out of a movie theater and sees pony boy get beaten up and then he feels bad and he wants to say something but then his other gang members show up so he decides to hang back and he follows Ponyboy to his house and it's like this shitty rundown house and he feels bad. Then he goes back to his mansion with his rich-ass parents and and he realizes that his life is kind of shit and it's the same book but from a different point of view. And I've always wanted to read that or see a movie or a play about it. I don't want to fucking write it. No, oh,
4: yeah. Oh At all. Yeah. Or just a whole ass story in your head yeah. that you Want to read. Yeah. And it just, yeah. I don't want to write it. Please don't make me write it. But nobody else is writing it. Mm-hmm. But then these guys wrote it. Yeah. And I'm so happy about it. And they did it great. <laughs> they did it, they did it great. Yeah.
0: yeah. So,
4: so,
0: so I, I, I have the, I say that Everything Everywhere, All I Want is a documentary because. I've been really happy because over the past couple of years, um, so many movies and TV shows have made me sound less effing insane. Okay. Because I have always felt that we are surrounded by an infinite number of alternate universes where an infinite number of alternate possibilities happen. So we are constantly surrounded by ourselves going through the same thing slightly differently and that we are not alone because we are surrounded by ourselves, and you tell someone that in 1998 and they'll put you in an insane asylum, you tell someone that now and they'll go, oh yeah, I I, I loved Into the Spider-Verse, I loved Loki, Doctor Strange, The One, Happy Death Day, Endgame, Coraline, Mr. Nobody, Spider-Man No Way Home, the 2009 Star Trek reboot. <laughs> like people get it now yeah, yeah but you know what you know why? <gasps> why do people get it now made it happen yeah I don't will, think I made it happen I think I just became I'm aware of it
4: people like you people who had this thought people who said holy shit there's a thousand million like infinite. Number of universes out there. Yeah. Where, like, if I step left instead of right, two different paths. I mean, we,
0: I Christmas. When is Paltrow in sliding doors? That's another one.
4: I that was, I'll just say it's my Paltrow, and I think, like, the pussy thing. Right? But that's the, the candle that smelled
0: that... like her vagina. Yeah.
4: There you go. That's the one. But, like, see. Ah! You... Can you hear me, Bunny?
1: I
0: don't know if you can hear us. Hold on.
4: Can you hear me, nope. Benny? I'm too high to fix it. Okay,
3: you've, you've been, like, really muted. Okay, now can you hear us? There we
0: go. That's better. It's because
4: she made this fall out.
0: Yeah, I made the plug of the...
4: What I'm just saying is, like, people had that same idea, and they brought it to life through cinema, through books, through cinema. comics. You know what I'm saying? And so now cinema. the people who wouldn't have otherwise thought of those things are like cool with it. They don't think you're a fucking stoner. You yeah. should probably stop talking about those type of things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Before, people would have seen me as a crazy stoner for talking about the reality of the multiverse that are surrounding us at all times. But the but but now, thanks to movies like Everything Everywhere all at once, I'm less crazy. But the thing is, is that I have for a very long time felt like Evelyn because if you are aware of the multiverse surrounding you, then you live your life different. Like, okay, so I'm driving and I'm tired and I'm like, I'm going to turn. Oh, wait! And then I almost get hit by someone and I go, and like, normal people would go, ooh, that was close, and then just go about their day. But if that happens to me, I can 100% see the me's who aren't me. Okay. I can see the Mies who uh, got into a small fender bender, who got into a large fender bender, who had to go to the hospital, who had to go to the hospital and were in a coma. I can see the Mies that have died. I can see my family reacting to my death. I, y- when you realize that, there's an, that, that there are multiverses surrounding you, when you almost slip and you go, oh, I almost slipped. If you pay attention... You can see the ewes that slipped. You can see the ewes that slipped and dropped uh, oil on yourself from the kitchen. You can see the ewes that broke your hip. You can see the ewes that, like, slipped and died. When you realize that there's an infinite number of uses out there, when you almost do something, you will see the use that really did F up. And uh, I've had a rough year but I am really happy to be the me that I am because there are other me's that did not um, bounce out of depression as easily as I have this year. I will say that. Um, So I stand by the multiverse. And here's a, here's another thing that I will say because I'm high. Um, If there are an infinite number of possibilities out there, every movie exists as a reality somewhere, and it sometimes makes me—it sometimes makes me look at movies differently. If there's uh, humans can't grasp the infinite, but if there's an infinite number of possibilities, whatever weird ass dream you have tonight. That's a reality somewhere, whatever fantasy you have of winning the lottery, oh yeah, that's somewhere how how do we know
4: into a reality.
0: how do we know that writers and actors and uh screenwriters aren't what if they're not writing and they're just tapping into the re- realities of alternate dimensions that are out there because whatever you write, it is out there somewhere we I'm just, just can't see it because we are stuck in our own this dimension is,
4: than believe in some motherfucker walked on water and turned it into wine and made fish and loaves like multiply for thousands of people. I'm just saying like, okay. Yeah. This is more believable than that.
0: If there there really is an infinite number of alternate realities then everything exists somewhere. That's one thing that I liked when I first saw Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness. One thing that I liked is he said, windows or dreams into the multiverse. And it's like, bitch, I've been saying that since I was 12! Yes. Since I was 12 years old I've been saying that. Everything you can possibly dream of is a reality somewhere if infinity is truly infinite. And so I just, I really like this movie because it helps to beautifully explain what I have felt for a very long time. So now I can tell people my theories about the my lifelong theories about the multiverse and how I have, for most of my life, felt like Evelyn. Like, oh man, I, oh, I almost got hit by that guy, and like, oh my God, I'm, I am, I am having a panic attack because I can see the Mies who got into that accident. I can see all of the alternate realities that are branching out, like uh like, uh, what was it in Loki, deviations from the timeline. Time deviations. Yeah. Good chow, I remember that. I should watch that again. That was good. How crazy
1: is Damn it? In the morning.
0: Okay. It, <laughs> I'm just gonna say this again. I I said this in an other episode of the podcast. I'm gonna say it again. How crazy is it that non Marvel fans know who Moon Knight, Werewolf by Night, and Jennifer Walters are? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. That is Gizmo, crazy.
4: Gizmo just found a uh, wild Brain That Wouldn't Die reference in a Spongebob documentary
0: theorist
4: podcast or YouTube video.
0: Someone's tying together uh, Spongebob and the Brain That Wouldn't Die?
4: No, just how for years scientists ask the question blah blah, blah but then they use no, a screenshot a from okay. It's a clip of the official SpongeBob documentary, and the, the literally it shows a small clip with no audio, just you know the visuals from the brain that wouldn't die in the in a, in an official SpongeBob documentary.
0: Wow, that's something. Yeah, one of these days I'm gonna sit Mal down and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make him sit through a double feature, the brain that wouldn't die and The Man with Two Brains. Oh. I tried, I watched that again recently. Uh, number one, every movie that you watch, like my official Twitter review said, uh, Halloween Ends. It was really shocking when they pulled out the Mike Myers mask and it was Merv Griffin. Yeah. That's right up there with the ending of New Heart, That like, uh, oh man, Halloween Ends. Can't believe it was all just a dream. And Laurie Strode was in bed with Suzanne Plachette you know like those two should be together but um, I have no idea what I was saying I'm pretty high right now
4: Suzanne Plachette no before that official review Twitter.
0: you're doing such a great dance but if people aren't seeing it it's a shame uh, what
4: a review of a movie. No,
0: before that. I don't remember what I was saying. It's okay. I'm pretty high. Legally. I'm pretty legally really high. I'm gonna go listen to Chuck Mangione after this. Oh, yeah. I'm done with all of the, with all of the writing. Coraline. Alternate Dimension. Brain That Wouldn't Die. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the Man With Two Brains. I loved that movie when I was a kid, but watching it now? Holy shit, that's a horny-ass movie.
3: I remember just hating it. I was not a fan of that movie.
0: That was a horny ass movie. I had no clue. I loved it. I was just a big uh Steve Martin Mark when I was a kid. I had I had some of his uh comedy albums and I would listen to them over and over again and just oh memorize them. I have some of them memorized.
3: I, I can I remember I, I, I when and he was patch? doing his stand-up and then yeah. once he started doing movies, like we quickly veered away from who he was. Yeah, suddenly like he
0: became a serious actor.
3: I want to see a movie about him getting
0: small. Yeah. Why did he become a serious actor, honey? his
4: fame for the banjo.
0: The banjo, yeah, the banjo. The banjo ruined him. The banjo yeah. ruined him.
4: The banjo scene. Yeah. He the,
0: the banjo, you know what they call it? You know what they call it? The devil's squeeze box. That's what That's what they call it. That's what they call the banjo. So, uh, I hope that catches on. I saw UHF the day it came out in theaters as a child. And I remember thinking, this movie is wonderful. I can't wait to see the sequel. Well, apparently I can. <laughs> Apparently, I had to wait a long-ass time. But it was worth it. So so that's all I've got this week. For Everything Everywhere All at Once, we got pretty deep, but thankfully, thanks to Mr. Nobody, No Way Home, The One, Coraline, Endgame, Happy Death Day, Spider-Verse, Loki, and the 2009 Star Trek reboot, and Everything Everywhere All at Once, I don't sound that insane. So I'm happy about that. Next week! 2 weeks from now but we already went through that during the chat. Next week we are starting the Christmas season. And we will be starting it with and it's so weird to say this but from the director of Virus Shark. Oh. And Sharkula comes hell on the shelf it's about a murderous elf on the shelf that kills people if i had known this existed when i worked in the bookstore it would have been all i was talking about (laughs) i was so sick of selling elf on the shelves and having to do an elf on the shelf story time (laughs) every freaking year i hated that so I'm really excited to be to start off our Christmas movie season with a murderous elf on the shelf. I haven't put it up yet on the Cough, Cough but I will. It's such it, it's from the guy who made Virus Shark, and, and what, what were all those other ones? I, I listed all of these ones. We had a game. Yes, OK. Zillafoot, Noah's Shark, Stay Out, Sharkenstein, Invasion of the Empire of the Apes, House Squatch and Amityville in space so like um so no doubt this is going to be a high quality film it's going to hurt to start off you know what other movie i was thinking of doing for christmas yogi's first christmas (coughs) really (coughs) it's a it's a feature-length film i remember it being on tv every christmas Now I tell the kids, like, like, again, the kids don't know who Yogi is. Well, no, they do because of the cartoon Jellystone, which is basically the Avengers Endgame, but for Hanna-Barbera characters. So, yeah, no, they know who Yogi is. But, uh, yeah, so next week, Hell on a Shelf! Very excited.
2: Okay.
1: Uh,
0: uh, It's going to be horrible, and I'm really excited about it. I really... Really had fun with Virus Shark, and that guy who looked like uh, there's a monster on the surf, Duke Lawson. There yes. you go. I remember. But thank, thank goodness I write notes. So that's going to be next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, uh, midsomar, medicinal meat, TVs being thick boys. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast.
3: This has been a damn good episode of the podcast.
0: Okay, good. I, I also felt like it was a good episode of the podcast, but I didn't want to say it because I feel like you're the person who makes the decision as to whether or not it's uh, just good or damn good. So, but, but, but yes. I concur with your assessment, good sir.
3: So until next week, I am Bunny Williams.
0: And I am May And on behalf of Natasha and Mal and everybody else in the house, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will stop upsetting your little sister. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens! And you douche waffles and poopy toots.
1: And you bagels! Uh
0: To be fair, Maxwell was uh, tying everything together because our movie was Everything Everywhere All At Once. Yeah, the everything bagel! The bagel that you put literally everything on! I was wondering why when you first see the alternate universe, Jamie Lee Curtis, she has like a circle drawn on her forehead and then she staples a paper with a circle drawn on it onto her forehead and it's like, oh shit, okay, bagel. Bagel. Bagel." That's why there are circles throughout the entire film. Uh, And I just want, before we leave, I just want to say now get out the leeches! Church organists! That's our new catchphrase, kids. That's Our new catchphrase. Start saying it. Start saying it in the the playground. You know, R- really make it catch on. <laughs> do 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 Get your hands off of my mouse, Eleanor. Do 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 do. Skitty papa do wow. Cut and print. Put it on a
1: cookie. That's a wrap.